2: Hello, welcome to another edition of Club Shay Shay. I am your host Shannon Sharp, also the proprietor of Club Shay Shay and the guy that's stopping by for a drink and conversation today. He really doesn't need an introduction, but I'm going to introduce him anyway. He's a rapper. He's an actor, movie producer, record executive, mo- a mogul, former NBA NBA player and Mr. Make him say, huh? Master Pete. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got the roll of dice, that's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life, yeah, all my life, been grinding all my life, sacrifice, hustle pay the price, want to slice, got to roll of dice, that's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life. P, what it do? What's going on, bro? Man, thanks for stopping by and giving me a few minutes of your time today. I really, really appreciate it. We're going to cover a broad range of topics. We're yes. going to go all over. And hopefully, I really hope that when we're done with this conversation and we air this, a lot of people will take, issue, uh, take heed to what you said, and maybe they'll become better people, better businessmen, and better aspects of their life. So I really appreciate you taking time today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's start with the latest Reebok. Adidas yep. made it, let it be known that they're looking to sell the Reebok brand from under their umbrella. You mentioned, along with Baron Davis, that you would like to purchase this. Do you yes. feel that you've taken the necessary steps to put you in line to be able to take over this property?
0: Well, right now, uh, we already show proof of funds. So we, we have a seat at the table right now, and we're getting close. And to be able to take Reebok black, it'll be history, something that never been done to have a ceo of a large tennis shoe brand like this uh, it would change the game change the narrative it's all about economic empowerment you know it's what we protest for it's what lebron them stand up for their games to want to show some diversity uh but also show some plan of action the plan of action is we don't have to stand in the streets and protest no more we have to understand the importance of building economic empowerment. This is how we change the private. This is how we change the crime rate in our communities. This is how we give back. This is how we give opportunities. And uh, this deal is just one of many. If it go through and they choose us to be able to run a brand like this, I I, I have an an initiative that I want to start. It'll begin with Allen Iverson, Shaq, and to the, the next newest, biggest player in the game, that'll be the next draft pick. Jail and suds. I want to be able to take jail and suds and be one of the faces to this brand. And uh because I, I want kids that come from nowhere that that's been underrated their whole life and say, you know what, now let's put these kids on this platform and showcase them and, and and show them that how we could come from the bottom and change the narrative by doing what's right and being able to recognize the underdogs. And I think the NBA, the NFL. Uh, the major league baseball this is history to have a ceo of a company like me that come from nothing not a perfect life but changed my life and be able to to do something big for the culture so i want to take the whole culture with me on this on this ride to get the seat at the table to show them that uh we understand financial literacy we understand growth and this is a movement this is not just a deal like i said this is only one of many we're gonna open up banks we're gonna uh open up grocery stores we're gonna create products so showing that we can do this so this this is the 21st century this is how this is gonna look
2: this would be very different from you master p because normally yeah. what you do is that you build from the bottom to the top but yes. you will be purchasing a company that's already been established and you will take over yeah. so why was it important for you? Because normally, like you, like I said, you like to build. That way, you yes. like, okay, I know this is me. This is my blood, sweat, and tears. And so now yes. you're going in basically to a ready-made product. Now you're just trying to take it to the next level.
0: Yeah, because that's the growth. Uh, when you look at Reginald Lewis did this in the 1970s. Uh, this guy did this. He was from uh, Maryland, and mm-hmm. he showed us that we can do this. And I want to show this generation that, yeah, we can build stuff, but at the same time, we can acquire major brands and now we can help more. Because when you look at it right now, it's hard for us to help people in our community. My model is the more I make, the more I give. So now people don't realize you know, it's, it's, you lose thousands. So you look at uh, millionaires might lose thousands to become millionaires. Billionaires lose millions to become billionaires and I, we have to think like that. That's the only way we're going to to close this gap up. And so that's what my life is about, not closing that gap, showing the imbalance, and some diversity. This is the time and I, and, and I think we gotta think bigger. This is me being on a mission to grow, keep learning, getting the experience, all the failures that I've been through, you know, falling, hitting the ground, picking myself back up and not being afraid to say, I don't know everything and putting the right team together because, I mean, the the financial team that I was able to put together to, to go and acquire a deal like this is incredible. It's almost like sports. Sports did it for me, you know, to where now I know it's not just about me. I'm the head of the team, but I need so many of these great people, you know, financial people now. Like, for me, it's like I don't need street people with me. I need nerds. I need people behind computers. I need people that know technology. I need people that know money. And that's how we grow and get to this fixing this imbalance.
2: P you talked about picking yourself up after you've been knocked down. Yes. I think that's some of the hardest thing for people. People don't like failure. People don't handle failure. People don't handle rejection. No one handles that well. So how many how does you how do you after one, two, three, ten doors yes. slam in your face? You have a business startup and it fails. How do you pick how did how did Master P pick himself up and says, okay. That opportunity didn't work out, but there's another one over there that's going to work out. How do you stay so positive in situations like this?
0: Well, I I put my trust and faith in God, and it's not just about me. I I know that uh, whatever it is for me to get to my destination, some of them doors need to close. Right. Uh, That's not the right door for me, and it's a bigger door always open up. And I want to take other people with me. So I know that this is not just about me. I want to take thousands of people that has business that look like us, that has products and get their products and brands into these stores. And I just think that nobody has educated us. So I want to be that person. I want to be the Muhammad Ali of business. I want to be the, the Martin the king of business to lead us to that, to that mountaintop and say, look, look what we could do. Now we could eat. Now we could feed our people and, and not do, I think it's, not dwelling on the past. Everybody dwell on old slavery or just how they mistreat us. I'm like, no, we can't change the past, but we could change the future. So right. that 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 that's what drives me to where every time I fall, I'm like, no, I gotta get up. I gotta keep going. You know, yesterday was a bad day, but tomorrow gonna be better. And I keep that positive attitude and speak it. So, you know, like we just see, I got on my shirt right here, L.A. Great. Mm-hmm. And L.A. Great is about from Louisiana to Los Angeles to, to the greats. I mean, everybody that came before me is not about me. And, and a- able to create a product brand, water, sports drinks, uh, anything in the beverage business. And, and they've been doing this for years. And I'm like, you know what, it's time for us to do that. So uh, to be a part of this, is a movement to be able to give water back to people in our community, help the elderly. They, they don't get this, you know. Uh, help educate the kids in the in the community and, and that's what is i think that failure keeps me the guy that invented the light bulb he failed 999 times and then all of a sudden he created the light bulb and look look where we are now and so think about us now being able to create something something could push us and drive us doing something positive i mean i didn't come from a perfect life a lot of people feel a lot of people went to jail a lot of people uh, died at a young age, and I'm saying, God spare my life. Let me do something right. You know, if you do right, blessings will continue. So I, I think that be my motivation. It's no limit to what I can do. I name myself Master P because I'm a master of whatever I do. And I think you got to speak positive on yourself, and it's all about consistency and putting in the work. You know, even a failure to me is just a lesson. It's not a loss. It's not an L. It's a lesson, and that's how I look at it. I'm like, you know what? It's, it's not a race. It's a marathon. I just got to keep going. I'm going to get there. And that's what I did in the music industry. I went from selling no records to selling 100 million records independently. And that's just how God is. When you do the right thing, you will overcome all the negativity. Even the haters going to love you in the end. Even the people that just wait. Okay, maybe they might not want to see me on top right now? Are they going to wait till you're gone to say, I'm going to buy all this product? That's cool. But guess what? I'm going to still keep doing my part while I'm here. I'm going to keep showing them that we can actually do this. We can build these big brands the same way they was able to do. And now we can buy these brands and take over and put the money back into the culture and the community. But we have to support each other. We got to stop with the self-hate that don't want to see. You know, I, I celebrate you, man. Like, I'm proud of you from what you were able to do. You know what I'm saying, transition from yeah. sports to be able to, to communicate and, and be able to talk to us. That's big, that's how we change the narrative. We have to showcase more of this and the people that are doing the right thing. I tell my son all the time, I say, Romeo, you blessed. Just keep doing the right thing. God gonna bless you with bigger and bigger and better things because you're doing the right thing. And I think that, but we don't show that. We don't showcase that.
2: We, P, you and I were having a conversation off, uh, off, off camera. And we we're talking yep. about, and I was asking, I was like, you're in LA? And he's like, yeah, I'm in LA. I said, you left the boot? He's like, yeah, I'm in between two places. I'm between Minnesota and LA. And yes. I, you know, I asked you, and I asked you. I said, well, why did you move? He said, why did you leave where you were from? Why <laughs> is it that we could be at a location and we might have five, yeah. 10 homies and they yeah. all cool as long as we all there together. But as yeah. soon as I make it out, if you, if you yeah. make it out or someone make it out, why do we become resentful? Why is it like that? Well, because if you look at it, right,
0: everybody has 24 hours. Yes. While you're working, they sleeping and partying and planning. And then they want the same results. You're not going to get the same results. Okay. You sacrifice. You get out and did what you need to do. I tell you all the time, like, I'm no different. I got a brother incarcerated. We all had millions of dollars. So life is like this. People that want to sit on a corner and smoke and drink. And guess what? You can't be mad at me or you because our life is different. We got a nicer house or a nicer car or whatever because we decided to do the right thing. We left the cone. I'm not trying to go backwards. And I think right. that's what people gotta realize. Like if you don't want to go backwards, it's it's two types of people. It's average people and above average people. The difference, average people are comfortable being uncomfortable above average people, not. And we not. So yeah, I have a house in Louisiana. I I have a house in Minnesota. I have a house in uh, Los Angeles. So I can go back and forth. But the thing why I go to Minnesota, my kids go to Minnehaha Academy, and they play basketball. My I got a I got a one kid, Hershey Miller. He's a sixth street current guard. He's a senior, and you know he's getting ready to go to college. And I have a sixth four shooting guard uh Mercy Miller, he a freshman, and, and he's starting on a varsity team. And my thing is, I'm allowing them to see both sides. So when they go to Minnesota by their mom, they're able to feel like, now I gave up California, I gave up New Orleans, I got to go in the cold weather. I want them to be uncomfortable. And, and I want them to be able to experience this. Instead of saying everything is good, I'm teaching them work ethics, And guess what? they not the top kids in the country right now, but they will be in the end. I tell them it's not how you start, it's how you finish. You right. put the work in. These kids put the work in. They've been putting the work in for years. I mean, we played on the national TV game last year. We played against uh, LeBron's son, Bronny James at, at Sierra Canyon. Y'all put some Yeah, everybody looked at us like, <laughs> they just going to get blowed out the water. You know? We won that game by 20%. We wasn't even ranked. Now we're one of the top teams in the country. But we wasn't ranked. And my, nobody knew my kids were. Even Jalen Suz. Jalen Sus now went to Gonzaga. He's probably going to be the top five NBA player in the draft this year. But last year, nobody was talking about him. And, and that's what I love about this. I'm saying, like, I don't mind being the underdog. Even when I played, nobody knew, like, can Master P really ball they didn't know that this is what I did before this. Right. So I love that team atmosphere and to be able to, to let my kids see a both the balance. Like, don't worry about what I got, but think about what you can build and add on to what I have. That's how we build generational wealth. But you, you have to understand, uh, I was talking to their trainer the other day. Chris was like, and he trained LeBron and a lot of other you know people. And it's like, what makes these kids different is that they know that they got to work for what they want. Like, you're not just handing it to them. Because nobody could teach hard work. You just have to put your body through this and deal with it. We, we just want opportunity. That's it. We don't we don't want nobody to give us nothing. We want opportunity.
2: Right. That's what I want to talk to you about, uh, Pete, is that yeah. you, can, you and I understand. We didn't have anything. There was yeah. nothing to be given out to us. Our parents didn't have anything. So it wasn't yeah. like they could just hand us anything and we could just sit back. So we had to grind. Yeah. How do you get your kids when you've accomplished so much and they can sit back and just and go into business with you and not have to grind say like so like you had to grind or I had to grind going up? How do you get kids to understand that you got to grind in order to get what you well, want? Well, first you, you know? have
0: to do, you have to show them this success is temporary. Okay. So you got to show them who God is first. So once they know that and they have the faith to keep going. And then you have to let them know that all the stuff you have is like the hurricane, me growing up in New Orleans, this could all be washed away. You have to start over and you got to go back. And, and then you have to teach them a work ethic. So you got to start at a young age. I've been doing this with my kids since they were three years old. Like, you know what? This is what it is. Nobody going to give you nothing. You got, it's a mentality. It's a mindset. So my kids now, what I love about them, when, when somebody walk up to them and say, well, why do you work so hard? Because Master P, your daddy, there. You don't have to do that. And when you get on the court, you know, people know these kids are beats. They like animals because they like, I got to protect my family name. So you got to you gotta love something and have a purpose in life and know exactly why you're doing something. When, when a kid say they got to protect their family name, they know. It's like a Steph Curry. I played with Dale Curry and I don't watch Steph Curry come in the gym when he was young. But what Dale taught him was that nobody is going to give you nothing. So if you want, you got to get in that gym and put them shots up. My kids, at at uh, eighteen and, 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 and uh, fifteen, they in the gym putting up fifteen hundred shots after the game. You know, on the days off, like they know, like you don't work, you don't eat. Like our whole mentality is, you know, we got this whole thing to where we got to go harder than the next person. We got to go harder than the next family. we 10 steps behind. They've been passing money down from their descendants. And that's what I'm saying to my kids. Years. Like, if, if, we, if we're going to do this, it's going to take all of us. It's not just me. That, that has to go hard. You know, we we all have to go hard if we're going to break this negative cycle, this imbalance of, of wealth. And if we're going to do that, and we know this temporary, so we all, I also got to teach them about helping, philanthropy, giving back. Like, this is not just about you because you can't take this with you. So this is temporary success, but having some integrity. So I just think that's what I give my kids when they get up in the morning saying, you, you have to keep educating yourself. Same way you want to be a student in the game in basketball, you got to be that in life and in school and education. So my kids, like right now, we're looking for a college. We're going to look for a college that's going to not only be a great college, but can also help you on both ends, off the court and on the court. So, you know, I've been talking to a lot of schools. I've been talking to Vanderbilt. I've been talking to BYU, Stanford, Howard. Uh, I mean, we've been talking to a lot of great schools, but LSU, I could go on and on, but I'm like, you know, for my kid to come there, it's going to have to be something that's going to not just give them basketball, but also educational. Because we want to keep building that up, you know, Keep, keep understanding that knowledge is the most important thing in this wisdom. So we want somewhere that's gonna prepare us off the court. Because that's what a lot of athletes, you look at a lot of athletes end up back in the hood because they have no education and they they know nothing about finance. So they're depending on financial advisors. So a financial advisor is gonna be your best friend once you make some money. But what happened before you got there?
2: Right. You're trying to teach your kids to surround your people, surround yourself with people that's knowledgeable, but people that you can really trust. Yes, yes. You mentioned about a uh, possibility of uh, acquiring Reebok, and you mentioned Shaq, you mentioned Allen Iverson. Would you yes. like to see Reebok become a, a ma- Because Reebok used to be a major player in the NBA. He used to be a major player in the NFL. I don't know if they were, and they were somewhat in baseball, but are you trying to get the brand back into that? Because right now it seems to be basically Adidas and Nike in basketball.
0: Yeah. Well, think about it. If that brand is black on, you imagine what a kid gonna do when he walk into the store knowing that. Even a white, Asian, Latino, because there has been an imbalance. We started buying these shoes and we never was able to benefit off. So imagine if we take a dysfunctional brand like this and make it just as big as Nike. Like we're gonna change the game. Like like kids are gonna be proud uh, to play in these shoes. I'm talking about high school, college, and then pro athletes are going to be proud to when, you know, when you look at LeBron you look at all these different players, they're going to be proud. Even if they're not in the brand, they're going to feel like, man, we, we overcame something. This is major. Uh, I feel like it's a, it, it would be a movement. Like when a kid walk into a store saying, wow, I wear this because look what master Pete built, look what he give back to the community and the culture. And you're going to see Reebok everywhere. And I think, I think it's it's about to happen. It's about to happen. And, and if it don't happen, then we're gonna keep building. I mean, I got my own brand. I got I got manyati you know what I'm saying? It stands <laughs> for motivating oneself, encourage you actively to think independently. Uh we creating big brands, just the cereals that's coming out, uh the master crunch. So, you know, I mean we we came a long way. You know, I did the music. Now we got the Hootie Hoot cereals. <laughs> so you know, so kids could have fun. You know, uh, I mean, we're thinking outside the box. Yeah, we want to acquire this, but if, if, if they don't get this to us, it's not the end of the world. Then we're going to keep building what we have already, taking these companies and turning into international companies. Because right now, I mean, I went from having a small amount of fans purchase our stuff to having hundreds of thousands by all over the world now. So we, I mean, from China to Europe, uh, to India, to Africa, like we're building fan base that just keep building and building. It's it's because the brand loyalty and what we do in the community, people want to support us because they know the more we make, the more we give.
2: Pete, let me ask you a question. And I think a lot of people want to know this. How do you come, how do you get from an idea to getting something on the shelf.
0: Yeah, you know what? People don't realize you have to trust the process. You have to start small and build, bring it to life. Like start first building that brand saying, speak it. Like this is what I want to do. Didn't do your research, go online, figure out where you could get this stuff made at and keep building. Like, So let me show you, nobody had noodles like for as an African-American person to create noodles. I created these wrap noodles, the icon version. And uh, I just went online, started looking for a place to make the noodles, uh, came up with the brand. And, uh, you know, me and my partner, James, Lindsay, we was like, you know what, let's take this to another level. And we did. And and I think that we are afraid, but think about it. They've been making billions of dollars off of us. Because sometimes people always say, it's the smaller things. Right. Even if you look at Aunt Shemama and Uncle Ben, those brands, they made billions of dollars, but they wasn't owned by us. And I tell my people, trust the process. Next thing you know, we're going to make uh, even healthier items. That's right. coming next. But first, we got to get some of that shelving space. So it's right. almost like you're saying starting a brand is like playing baseball. You got to swing at the ball to hit it. You might hit a home run, but if you never swing, you're never going to hit a home run. Right. And so get in the game and start small. It's almost like buying a house. Don't go buy a big house until you learn the process of buying a little small house or a condo or whatever. And say, oh, just the process. And and that's I mean, it don't take a rocket scientist to
2: understand. I like what you've done, because I think sometimes people get caught up in trying to invent the next thing. Why yes. not try to improve on something that's already been invented? That yes. people eat new. Yeah. We've been in Roman, people been eating yeah. Roman noodles in college and right now. Yeah. Like, Hold on. I don't really need to in a, in a, uh, invent a new snack. I yes. can just get this uh, my own snack.
0: Yes. We're going to eat it anyway. Think about it. <laughs> we, we, we know when we was in the ghetto, That's what that was the meal for us. When our yeah. parents come home, you happy to have those noodles. You like, okay. Because my dog's we got up in them.
2: Exactly. <laughs> so, because I, I think it's amazing. I mean, you look at what yeah. you've been able to do. And and I want to, let me ask you this. Do you believe had your career, had you become an NBA player like you had dreamed? Would yeah. any of this have been possible? Because I don't know. I don't know, P. I think this forced you to become what you became. Yeah. Because I believe you would have been given, devoted most of your time to hone your craft of being a great NBA player, and you yeah. wouldn't have had the time to do this. So I nah, think it's a blessing and a curse.
0: Yeah, this is this this is a blessing for me because I won't I wouldn't be able to feed the people I'm able to feed now. I wouldn't be able to do the things just on an NBA salary. And uh, a thing that God closed those doors, and it made me come up with something else to start realizing you know, that I need to do something else. And that product outweighs talent. Because I, I was always wanting to do it with my talent. And what God showed me, this stuff would be around even when I'm not around. And that's the difference. Like, we got to think like that. That's when you're thinking bigger. That's right. when you can help more people. You can feed more people. And I look at a lot of NBA guys, because once you make it, you know, you can help your family and the people around you. It's hard to go and say, wow. I could help other families. I could help other people. And with this, I can. I could give more people opportunities. I could create more millionaires. Uh, This this is a blessing for me. And uh, I looked at it and I said that with product, we're going to be able to feed countries. It's not just us no more. We're going to be able to feed families that are starving in Africa, overseas, international, all these different places because we could put this brand everywhere. And uh, like you said, it's a blessing. I mean, because, you know, when, when, when you're in the NBA and everything don't go the way you wanted to go and you got to leave and come back home and start over, you start thinking you just want that other shot to get back. But, you know, we definitely got to take some time and start thinking about our futures. And, and that's my thing is teaching this generation how to be more than just athletes and entertainers. You know, like these business people that own these companies, that own these leads, that own these teams, they if they, could write a a check for, yeah, if they could write you a check, <laughs> yeah, if they write you a
2: check for two hundred million dollars, what do you think they work? Exactly. P. I if I'm, you know what I believe. I believe that you worked harder. Not that you didn't work hard at your NBA career, but I believe yeah. you worked harder because you didn't want what happened at the NBA to happen in this bridge. Because yeah, sometimes you can. Sometimes you could be the right package, but you arrived yep. at the wrong destination. So the yeah. package that you had had to go to the right destination. And the yeah. right destination was music. The right destination yeah. were products. That's yeah. what your calling was. You didn't know it at the time, now, but I that's mean, what your calling was.
0: Yeah, I mean, but that's how God got to work because you be so caught up into, you know, what you got to do and you don't want to feel at it. You, you don't want to start over. But, but God will have a bigger door for you. And, and um, I'm, it's definitely a blessing for me, and I'm, I'm thankful. And it, it'll humble you on the way through your journey. And, um, but I mean, that's what life is about. You just have to get up. That's why I'm telling you about the failure part. You have to get up and just keep going. You know, instead of sitting around depressed, uh, uh, upset at yourself and, and letting the haters tell you, you're done. You know, this is when you get up and you go harder. And they, like they always say, you go hard or go home. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, when you come from where we come from, it ain't no going back to there, but nah. just
2: feed the done- kids
0: and the community and the elderly. in that, because that's how I look at it. Yeah, I'm going back. I go back a lot, but it's it's because I have a purpose, something to do. You know, I got to do my part. It's not that I'm going back there to live. Because I right. that, that ain't what I, I work hard to say, I got to keep growing. I got to keep getting better.
2: Yeah, that go hard to go home wasn't working for me because I did everything I possibly <laughs> could to get out home. I wasn't trying to go back. I go back to visit, but I ain't trying yeah. to live. Yeah, me, yeah nah. I had Ricky Williams on last week, and um, yeah. you opened up a sports agency business. You were, uh, and yeah. Ricky was your first client. Yeah. What would you have done? Because obviously that didn't work out the way you had hoped. What did you learn about that situation, and what would you have done differently, knowing what you know now?
0: So I'm going to tell you one thing, and if you talk to Ricky, is nothing I could do differently, because that was Ricky Church. Nobody never wanted to say that. They finally said it on a documentary. What Ricky told me was, look, it's either you going to get this deal done for me, or I'm going to go to the white man and get this deal done, because I need this money. He wanted the incentives, and he wanted the upfront money, which he got a lot of money upfront that a lot of athletes didn't get in that time. Right and. Um, it's just a business decision that had to be done, which, which was the truth. That's the way he wanted to do it. And you got to look at it. For me, I've always let people be their own boss. Ricky was the boss of, of what he what, what he needed to do. But we caught a lot of flack because we Black guys that's in that business, that, that scared David Falk and all those other companies, that how could we get a Heisman Trophy just getting in the game? Right. And that's that's because the loyalty, the community, and people knowing that, and, and we're gonna do what you want to do. You're the boss. To be honest with you, and that's
2: what people don't realize. That's how I treat. That's well. That's the truth. You I know can, what I'm saying. An agent, so an agent can say, "Well, I think we should hold out exactly. and ask for this." But at yeah. the end of the day, that agent worked for me. I tell yeah. you what to do. You don't yeah. tell. I'm paying you. You're not paying me. But think
0: about this: Ricky Williams was a kid coming out of college. Yes. Back then and till this day, college, you know, even when I played in college, we get 400 dollars a month. Everybody wearing your jersey. You have no money. Your mom has no money. Let's be honest. This kid to get eight to twelve million dollars up front, knowing that he might get hurt. He like, I want to take that money. Right. And I and I got uh the Saints owner Benson to give him that, which nobody else wouldn't do that. But and it's all about having relationships and resources. Me and Benson was like this. Benson was like get me ricky williams i'm gonna give him whatever he want i'll give him the upfront money and that's what it was able to get and, and and it happened and so everybody else looked at it like it was a bad deal but it wasn't ricky had a lot of other issues going on you know right. with his own personal life and it showed throughout the time but at least he was able to get that money up front to be able to to, to live a, a better life for him and his family so i mean like you say god do stuff for a reason and i think people wanted to 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 find out out, to make us look bad but not looking at that if ricky would have did that with a white agent what would they say about it because that's what he wanted to do he was going to do it with any of those guys he was going to be with that's what he wanted and this was a guy that had his mind made up and if you talk to ricky you know
2: he a guy that nobody wants right so in other words but see in him doing that, it did irreparable harm to you because it made it seem like you didn't know what the hell you was doing, and yeah. you were out there doing bad deals. When in actuality, yeah. he say either P, you get the deal done, or I'm gonna take it to uh, 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 this co- corporation, this white corporation, and they'll yeah. get it done. So yeah. you got a choice. Well, you got no yeah. choice now but to get the deal done. Yes, and that and that's life. I mean, that's business. It's not personal.
0: It's business, and that's that's what he wanted. And I think you know however it worked out i mean that's his career and and that's what was told experts told him that he he had agents that worked for the company that told him like this is not a good deal to do but it's a good deal for money wise you need the money and you got to imagine most of us getting out of college we need the money we need the money <laughs> we need the money so mama they
2: don't already they say whatever we already they got mama and grandma in the house we yeah. already got a range rover we already got a mercedes we got a rolex so yeah. we got Back then, Versace was the thing. We already wear Versace, so we need to yeah. go ahead. We need that paper. Yeah,
0: and that and guess what? A lot of white athletes don't have to go through that. No, no. And that's sad, but we don't talk about that. We just try to stereotype it and, and, and make up stuff that, just for the press and the media. But, I mean, any real media people could look through that and say, wow, you know, after Rick and Williams said it, it's on the documentary. He said, yeah, well, he
2: said it. he he said it. It wasn't. It wasn't you. It was him because yes. he said, "I want to earn my money." Yeah, and in actuality, yep. earning your money. This is too dangerous of a game to tie yep. up that much money in incentives. And you're not yep. playing basketball. You're not playing yep. baseball. Football. And that, is like, and
0: that was told to him. But you know what he said? it's like it's like any of us. If we know what we want to do and, and the reason why we want it to, you know, to happen like that, we're gonna get it done the way we want it done. Like at the, I think in his career at that time. Nobody was getting 8 to $12 million up front to play right. football, guaranteed money. Like, as soon as I sign, I'm gonna get 8 to $12 million. Nobody was doing it. That. That's a lot of money for a football player. Right. So he was looking at it, well, maybe my career is three years, I'm gonna make, what, $2 million a year or whatever. Like, that's only $6 million if I played three years. And if I get hurt or whatever. he like, if I take this money up front and I can go start a business, do all these other things, but you really have to be prepared to be a boss, to do that. right? Because, you know, after that time when you don't reach these incentives, then what you gonna have to fall back on? And those are the type of things that was told to him, but he was like, you know what, that sounds good, but we poor right now. We need that money.
2: (laughs) You mentioned that a lot of white athletes don't have to endure. Because my thing was, I grew up in the 80s, I was born in 68, grew up in the 70s and 80s. We didn't have indoor plumbing. We didn't have running water. So you actually think... That the first chance I get some money, I'm trying to get 15 oh, you know. square feet, or I'm trying to get something big. Let me tell you something. When I got to
0: college, when I got to college, my coach at Houston said, "Why are you smiling so much, son?" I said, "Coach, because I got my own bed." You know, I was sleeping on the floor the whole yeah. time. I lived with my grandparents, so I never had a bed till I got to college. So the coach was like, "Man, I love this kid. He hungry. He gonna ball. he's just gonna yeah. go out." I was happy to, you know what I'm saying, like
2: but- to have my own bed. So imagine that go to college and you get to go and you ain't got to go outside to go to the bathroom. You getting three good meals a day. Yeah. Man, I ain't going, y'all think I'm about to flunk out of here? You think yeah. I'm about to go back home and not get yeah. three meals a day and have to go outside to yeah. use the bathroom and to take a, and, yeah. and wash in the tub? Y'all must be out your all mind.
0: Man, let me tell you something. <laughs> Shannon, the guy broke in our house. We chased him up the street. Like, man, you must've came to give us something because we ain't got nothing to get. <laughs>
2: Yeah, y'all, y'all did him like, like, sound like, uh, 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 Ricky Smiley in a Friday, this Santa Claus. You know yeah. What like, like
1: Santa Claus. When I- hey guys, it's Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds you know, the basketball nerds. They're like, you know, watch Creighton. You do watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton.
2: They're not, never the, not, gonna,
1: the, not the Big East tournament? They're, well, I mean, they could, maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. Nicole. Like, that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams. was Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton
2: Think about this. You were ahead of your time, P, because there are a lot of guys now. You see, Jay-Z has started a sport, had Rock Nation and yeah. his own label. You were yeah. ahead of your time. There are a lot yeah. of guys that's doing what you did damn near 20 years ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's a blessing. To be honest with you, like like, but when you do right, like I said, all this stuff for coming, like nobody's really doing what I'm doing now. And it's all because of what I was able to to do in the past and learn from that, learn from those mistakes. And like I say, learn from those failures and just keep going. But when you look at it right now, I mean, I look at it. So imagine, Shannon, nobody really looked at this. And I'm going to do a basketball documentary next because I want people to see that. I didn't just go to the NBA. I went to the CBA. I had to go through all type of th- those type of coaches and uh to get to the league, to get 10 day call-ups it's different now. Like I had to go get off in the CBA to get a 10 day call-up. So people don't know that I went to Dallas. I went to Denver. I went to uh Sacramento. I went to all those teams on 10 day, but you know, you had to stick. I was out there with the Mucci Norris, with, 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 with the, uh, I mean, it was just so many great players, but you know, so I had to go through John Lucas, John Lucas in Houston, if you could survive John Lucas training in the summer, you could go to the league because John Lucas going to make you quit.
2: And, and <laughs> once I
0: survived that, playing with the Nick Van Nexels and the Sam Cassell, I knew that I was ready. But I also, when I look back at it, imagine me. I had my own sports agency. I had some of the top NBA players that I had put into the league. So, you know, I easily could have did a package deal if I really just wanted to. I try to do it the right way. I went on my talent. Like, I could have been in the league for at least three to five years just on package deals if that's what I wanted. But I did it the right way and it all worked out. And I think that's how God worked. And I think these blessings is going to be even bigger because I did it the right way. And I'm able to see and I can help more people. So it's not about me. I can look at these contracts. I can look at a a kid and say, you know what? You're going to get to the league. They're going to take you away from your family. They're going to Turn you against your friends, all this stuff, and then when it's over for you, nobody gonna speak to you again. And and they say, well, how you know that? I know from experience. I watch kids that that I put into the league, and I and 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 I, I understand this because the first thing they do, they you know, when you come from the hood, they don't want you to be around your people no more. Correct. And so think about it: who is not gonna take care of their mother or their father? Which you know, we see these stories all the time, like. My mom and my dad took me to AAU practice, took me to mm-hmm. all these different things. And then once I make it and I don't help them, like how you expect to have blessings? Yeah, and you so ain't having to do a that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. My thing is to these kids, because you know, once you, they get you around this fortune and fame, they make you forget about where you came from. But they come on the tilling. They come when it's good. My thing is trying to educate these kids and show them when it was bad, where were these people? Yeah. And so we got now we got to hold them accountable because they 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 come when it's up. So think about it. I told my one of my guys the other day, I said, yeah, hey, are you best friends with your financial advisor. You know why? Because you are successful. Let's let's see you lose all this and see if they that's still gonna be your best friend.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's what hey P, I tell look here. My grandmother, and my mother didn't drive me to one to one practice. But I tell yeah. you what, my mom gave me life and my grandmother gave me everything but life. And so yes. With there in the beginning, you are gonna be there in the end. I, I don't, I, I don't get how some of these guys like they make it out and then they abandon yeah. their family. I can I could not do yeah. that in good conscience.
0: Yeah, yeah, we got, we got to check, but we have to keep educating them and showing them the right way because they say money is the root of all evil, and it's the love for money. The love for money is the root, of, is the root right. of
2: all. Evil. Yeah, I'm reading. You got a scholarship to Louisville. And when yeah. you were coming out of high school, Louisville was one of the preeminent programs in all the college basketball. But you yeah. walked to the University of Houston. Why? Yeah.
0: Because uh, I, I feel like it wasn't right. A lot of stuff was going on uh, in my family. And I, was, I, I felt like this was the right place. I had family in Houston. So I right. decided to go to Houston. And it, it made me who I am today because it's like what I was able to do at Houston in the relationships, and you know, like we used to go back and play Clyde in uh, in, uh, in 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 the in the in the uh, the Dream. So yeah. I, I seen them at, at one of our alumni games uh, last year, and it just you know Ricky Winslow, Big Caddy, you know all these dudes coming. And when we came back together, nobody knew that I was gonna make it in music. So they all looking at me like, boy you did something with your life, but we never knew because I never was into the music in practice and none of that type of stuff. Cause I was focused on being the best basketball player in, and I just think that Houston really showed me a lot for us, you know, the whole team atmosphere. And, and, uh, I think it was, it was, it was the right place for me. I mean, I turned down LSU. I had Dale Brown coming to the project, recruit me, uh, John Thompson. And so that was that was the right fit for me you know Houston because you know my coach was like no you running gun you can shoot the ball so I learned how to shoot with no lights we had no lights in the project so I had to listen for the nets so I was always (laughs) the jump shooter you know
2: I'm looking at you you played. you mentioned some of the leagues that you played in the ABA CBA IBL NBA you averaged 24 points a game in 2004 the ABL uh, Las Vegas Rattlers played in the preseason yeah. for the Charlotte Hornets, Toronto Raptors, and you played yeah. with some great players. You played with Vince Carter, uh, Charles Oakland yeah. was on that Toronto team. You mentioned yeah. you Tracy McGrady. There. Tracy McGrady. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you, I mean, I, I remember you doing an interview and you said, I'm good enough to make it is whether or not yeah. they can look past Master P and give me yeah. a fair shake. Yeah.
0: Well, people, People gotta realize Master P was so big and my music was so big, even at Charlotte. I mean, I did a hell of a job there, but the, you know, Bob Bass, the GM say, man, your music is pure filth. And then another thing, he knew I was a tough guy, right? He right. said, why you not scared of Anthony Mason? I say, sir, I'm not scared of no man. He say, well, I'm scared of Anthony Mason. And I don't know why you're not scared. And so me and Anthony Mason end up being friends. But we got into it when I first came up. He's from right. New York. I'm from New Orleans. You know, God bless the dead. Like, that was my dude. But when we first got there, Anthony Mason was a bully. I'm on the team with Anthony Mason, Derrick Coleman, and B.J. Armstrong, you know, Dale Kirkman. Mm-hmm. And so when I get in the training camp, Anthony Mason, Said, "Don't nobody touch me." Telling all the rookies, you know, nobody touch me in practice, or you gonna have a problem. So, you know, me being from New Orleans, oh. soon as I went up for a shot, Bam! I hit him. He like, little man, this dude about six ten. I'm six four. He like, little man, we gonna fight after practice. Said, no, bro, fight right now. We got to fight right now. <laughs> and he starts saying, he starts saying, man, I like you. You, 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 you tough. And, and we end up being friends after that. But, you know. Me just setting the stage because I asked coach, I said, Coach, what happened if we get into it? Coach said, whatever happened in the gym, stay in the gym. So I'm like, well, you know, I got tested a couple of times and even in Toronto. You know, I'm a rookie. So the rookie is always supposed to carry the bags. And I'm like, you know, me, I'm out there with Charles Oakland. That was my dog, man. Me me and Oakland, we, you know, we <laughs> was on it. So it was like. When We come to town, they was like, Man, it's so they wanted me to carry the bags. I said, I can't carry the bags, I'm a super rookie, so <laughs> <laughs> so I never carried the bags. <laughs> you know, I ain't gonna say no name, but but one of the players did try, me, you know, because everybody from the hood, but you know, we played basketball, You're right? And that I don't think that went too good for them, you know. After that, I ain't never had to carry the bags, nobody never asked me. You know, so but, you know,
2: but P, you know, you already know. If you're a younger player, they're gonna try you. They yeah, gonna say they things to see how far they can go with you. Now, if you let it slide, because you know in sports, it's kind of yeah. like anything. It's a prison mentality. It's a serengeti yeah. mentality. Oh, yeah. no, they'll,
0: they'll put they'll they'll put shaving cream in your face. I, I set the rules straight when I got that. Said, look, man, I come here to work to get better. I'm not coming to play. So don't play them games with me. I ain't trying to do that. And, and they, they got it. But I did have to make an example so they could understand that, you know, they're not going to keep playing them rookie games with me. So, you know, it's a lot. You're right. Playing basketball with people, I don't know how it is now, but back then you had real guys from hoods in these leagues. So it was always looking for the next tough guy who going to run the team or whatever. Right. And I'm like, man,
2: this is almost like being in prison. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mentality that you got to stand up for yourself, and sometimes, Pete, you got to be willing. You know, you got to fight, even though you might not can beat the guy, but you got yeah. to stand up for yourself because if you don't, yeah. they'll continually run over you. And hey, I tell them all. I used to tell them. I went to college. I said, "Look here, yeah. I didn't come to fight, but I yeah. didn't come to lose either. So how yeah. we gonna do this? Yeah, I, I, you know, you know, we gonna fight every no matter day. Matter yeah. <laughs> hey, so this doesn't, uh, the basketball thing doesn't work, it doesn't work out. Yeah. How the hell, considering that you were not in the music, you weren't doing anything in the music, how the hell you get to the music business from basketball when you when that wasn't a part of it to begin with?
0: Well, I got hurt at Houston, and you know, back then they take the scholarships away from you, yeah. like there's no use for you. So, when they took that scholarship away from my grandfather said, you can't sit in this house, you got to do something, but I didn't even know if I was going to be able to walk after that no more. And, uh, I just started listening to music and getting into it. And then, uh, I had a son, I had Romeo and I'm like, I got to get away. I went to California and I I opened up a record store and I watched all these people, you know, stand in line. I'm like, I'm going to start my own little company. So I opened up this little small mom and pop record store called it no limit records and I start realizing watching the people what they was buying and what they liked and I'm like man I have a story to tell so not only I own the store and I understand the whole customer service part of this but also I realized that I have a story to tell and I wanted to I wanted to put the South on the map because at that time you had two pop biggest small everybody was the east coast west coast you had a little bit of the ghetto boys and Uncle Luke <laughs> you, and, yeah. and I'm and, and I'm like but as far as the music in the South, going to the, the East Coast and the West Coast, it was just a little bit of, and I'm like, now nah, I got I got to represent. And so I just started doing music and I started going on the road because Tupac and them used to come into my store. And so I started going on the road with them and then one day they let me open up for them and uh, the rest was history after that.
2: Wow. I mean, just like that. But- yeah. You open up, you open up a music store and then not yeah. only say, you know, but you had to have bigger dreams than just yeah. running a music store, the operating yeah. a store or storefront.
0: Yeah. Now what, what happened was when two pot, uh, uh, two short E fought all those guys was coming to put their records in my stores on consignment. And when it was coming in, you know, I'm start thinking like, I'm from new Orleans, all the stuff I'd have been through, like, you know, I need oh, you—you thinking
2: about hustle? You got a hustle going.
0: Yeah, I, I did. That's what happened. I'm like, I need to put this into, you know, put my story into. Then I start calling my brother, I'm like, man, let's start this group, and and it just, it just all went from there. It was hard because think about it, I didn't have the major companies behind me, so I'll be sitting in the lobby, like we talked about earlier waiting on these uh, record people to come to the table to try to get my music on the radio stations. And sometimes it, it didn't work because I didn't sound like nobody in the West Coast. So it seemed like it was a failure, but it, it was different, but it was unique. And that uniqueness, once I got bigger, it took me to be able to sell over 100 million records.
2: You mentioned that you moved to California, your grandfather passed, yeah. you got a ten thousand dollar settlement, yeah. and you flipped it in the Yeah. Normally people get yeah. the kind of money that's really never had money. They blow it. Why were you yeah. so why were you you like you had an idea of what you wanted to do with that money once you got it? And blowing it wasn't bad.
0: Yeah. Well, my thing was I knew I could have went and brought a car. Yeah. I knew I could have went and brought some jewelry. And I'm saying. You know, by going to college, I'm like, I need to invest into a business so I could have some money all the time. And that's what I did. And when I I found that record store, uh, I invested back into myself. And I think Mm -hmm. people got to realize you are your most important investment because you know what you want. You know what you like. And when I was able to do that, you know, you're going to be passionate about something because you love this. It's like basketball. I put my hard work in basketball because I love it. Same thing in music, I love it. And I love doing it. So you find a business, you gotta find a problem. The problem was first, you didn't see, nobody had hip hop stores in music. They had they had, uh, R&B stores and they had gospel stores in the black community, but it was no hip hop record store. And when I found that problem, I'm like, I'm gonna take this 10,000 and turn it into something. I didn't know what I was gonna turn it into but I took that 10,000 and, and turned it into a business and it just kept growing.
2: So what was your business model? Because like you said, you went to college, but yeah. if I'm not mistaken, you had never owned a business at that point in time, correct?
0: No, I, I haven't. But what I did was I, I started going to the library and researching. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I think that's the part that education is so important. Like you have to research, you have to to uh, do your due diligence to to know exactly what you're getting into, the ups, the downs, uh, how you're gonna get distribution, where you're gonna get your product from, all those things. So I didn't just jump into it. I start going to the library. I mean, I start spending so much time at the library. The the, the lady at the library was like, you know, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to understand about this music business. I want to know everything about it. And I think, you know, it's almost like playing basketball. People say, you know what makes you good? Your basketball IQ, your football IQ. You know, like you really have to invest into the education part of it. And that's what I did. I started really getting out there saying, uh, let me know how these record companies work as for as the stores that retail. And then when I got into the, to putting my own music out, I started going back to the library, studying contracts. Uh, how to negotiate contracts, all those types of different things. And so I think the education part, me me, willing to learn. Like you have to, the most important thing is knowing that you don't know everything. That's right. that's the greatest thing for me. I'm like, I don't know. So only if I could be an expert, I got to go through it and experience it. But right now, I don't know. And I tell people all the time, don't be afraid to say you don't know.
2: What was one of the things that you learned in the street that you were able to bring to business that helped you become successful in business?
0: Well, not to let nobody take advantage of you. And you have to stand up for yourself. Uh, And and that's what the streets taught me. And uh, I think it worked for me because most business people only have just the business side or the education side, but to see both sides. But, you know, even the streets taught me how to keep your word and have an integrity. And I think that took me a long way in business. Because once I was able to leave that life behind and understand what corporate America, you know, is all about, and I wanted to take that same drive and hustle and grind with me to corporate America, but positive. And, and I think that's what, that's what saved my life because I never was about trying to take advantage of somebody. It's just like, I just want my peace. Whatever my fair share is, that's what I want. And I don't oh. care what it is. If it's ten dollars, I want my ten dollars. I want you know? all ten. Don't try to give me dollars fifty. Don't try to give me five dollars. <laughs> that's it. Give me, give me all of what i deserve. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's, to- it's all about you know the 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 principle is what matters, yeah. and I think that's the difference. Like, and, and if you look at it too. Uh, a lot of guys from the streets, you know, it was a it was a chain of command back then. We don't have that no more. Right. You know, now, you know, like even when I was playing basketball, even when I lived in worst neighborhoods, they knew Percy Miller basketball player. Man, y'all don't do nothing to him. Y'all let him know of something. Yeah, right. Like, man, a lot of these kids dying. Like they they, they 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 killing off all the greatest talent that we have. I mean, i seen a 611 kid get shot and killed down in Compton, a uh, uh, 6-9 kid. And it's like these kids were just in high school. These kids are going to be the future to come back to take care of the community. That's what I want to be able to pass that down. Like we got to preserve the kids in our blocks and our communities. Like we can't keep killing the talent because who gonna come back and take care of us?
2: Right. It's kind of like you see that in the in the music industry, industry. Yeah. I mean, Since yeah. big in Tupac, and now you see yeah. all these young rappers, like Pop Smoke and Man. all these other guys. I'm like, wait a minute. Where did that was that wasn't going on in the 80s? Nah. That wasn't that was supposed to happen. Nah. It's not supposed to happen like. Those guys are supposed to be the gold standard. You're supposed to look out for them. They're supposed to get protected. Yeah, they're going to take care of everybody. Now you look at it, even
0: like the Nipsey Hussle, who's going to take care of the community now? This guy put everything into taking care of the community, and we just get rid of him. And so that's my whole thing is about educating our culture so we can know we have to preserve the people that's going to take care of the community. And that's what they did back in the days. You know that yeah. they did that back in the days. You had to go talk to somebody before you could even think about getting
2: into a fight with somebody. <laughs> so. Right. And you looked out. You looked out for everybody in the community. Like if you knew somebody, oh, that's such and such grandma. Uh, yeah. We not. I I knew a lot of guys that did a lot of things. But that's such and such grandma. We can't break in her house. so that's such yeah. and such. We can't do. You know. We can't yeah. do things like that. Now it yeah. seems like this generation. They don't even care. I don't care yeah. who it is. Yeah, but you know what it is, Shannon? Is drugs, man?
0: Drugs is really taking over. And we don't want to talk about this. You know, I was talking to a warden uh, in the prison, and he said ninety percent of these guys in here is over drugs, and a lot of these guys are good people, but they don't even know half of the stuff they was doing while they was committing these crimes. I said, "Wow, it 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 really is. It's a it's a it's a drug thing."
2: You mentioned that. Tupac, from E-40. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have E-40 on my show uh, in the coming yeah. days. Yeah. You mentioned that they came into your store and somehow you became friends with Tupac and, you, and Tupac let you on the road and you open up. How yeah. the hell did that happen?
0: I mean, you know what? I'm probably the only guy, the young guy in the community, they didn't even know it was my store. They like, this your dad's store? Some people, they didn't believe me. I'm like, yeah, this is my dad's store. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> I think the guys was just, I mean, even with E-40, so I really learned the the, the the music industry from E40 Uncle St. Charles. So St. Charles ended up showing me how to distribute my music uh, throughout the whole Bay Area. And uh, I mean, it was just a lot of young people that had hustled back then in the Bay Area from Too Short to E40. I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, Spice One, it was like, it was a lot of young hustlers back there. And I think, I was able to get my drive and hustle from them, and having them around. And um, I mean, it was it was just that era. It was that era that the Bay Area people, for his music, they always thought out the bit, out the box and always came up with their own language and everything. I mean, even 40, some of the stuff I didn't even understand. He you know, he thought it was rapping fast back then. Back then, and, and, but guess and, what? Everybody could sing it word for word. Everybody,
2: if P, you bitch, nobody to this day has E40 flow. You look at nah, two short. now, nah, that, that nah. bass style is very unique to that area. That yeah. area, and yeah. to this day, nobody has ever been able to comprehend and man, be let able me show to show you. E- E40 the goat, man. Let me show <laughs> you something. So,
0: this is my dog. So, you not had to put E40 on these rappers. snakes.
2: Body got some yeah, that's that, that's that's Z forty, That's my dog. He he's hey, a, he a good dude. He coming on, and he got and he got cognac, a uh, uh, tycoon. Yeah, uh, he yeah. Be do, he be doing cooking. He got pots and the yeah. goon with a spoon. Forty yeah. is definitely he's definitely a mogul. But you know what, forty was able to
0: diversify his portfolio, and that's I got a lot of respect for him for that. Knowing that we're not gonna be able to do this entertainment stuff forever. Right, And just like, you know, you can't do football for them. You know nah. what I'm saying? And I and I think that now we're realizing that we need to get us something else to keep it going.
2: Hey, hold on, you mean to tell me you ain't gonna be Mick Jagger up on stage? You ain't gonna be 70 years old? Nah, nah. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'm you gonna be
0: selling these products. That's what I'm gonna be doing.
2: You mentioned that debate and then you let leave the Bay and you head back yeah. to New Orleans. Why did yeah. you, why'd you, why'd you go back to the booth?
0: Because I realized that I need to put my city on the map. And that's why I went back. I went back to show these kids that we can do it. We don't have to say we're from the East Coast or the West Coast. We could actually be proud to be from New Orleans, be proud to be from the South, and be able to compete with everybody. And, I, and that's what I realized. When I realized that, I knew I had to go back home.
2: You mentioned, it, and it's been very documented, and you spoke about it, that how you would drive around and you would sell CDs out the trunk of your car. Give yeah. us some of the stories. I mean, do you like, mm-hmm. man, what the hell am I doing? Is this thing going to ever pay off for me? Or were you like, I'm going to make this work?
0: Yeah, you know, uh, I realized I went in one neighborhood. I, I, I went to South Central, and I was trying to sell uh my tapes and CDs out the trunk of my car because uh, Easy e had took me to the swap meet. And I was able to sell CDs there, right? And so I'm 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 hyped up now. But I end up in the wrong neighborhood and, and I got the wrong color on it was like, man, what you doing back? I said, I'm trying to sell these CD. Little Bitty guy. I said, I say, sir, I don't want no trouble. I'm trying to sell these CDs. He said, What kind of CD? You had to take that shirt off first. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? I said, no, no problem with that. You know, Think I got you in selling CD with no shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Look. So, you know, I'm not used to the whole gang thing. So I'm not, you know, I took that shirt off quick though. He said, how much you want for that uh that that uh, CD? I said, I want 20 dollars. I give you 10. I said, yes, sir. He said, it better be good. You know, this guy, he, he had his gun in his hand. So I'm like, I'm already stuck, right? So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, maybe I gotta think about where I'm going before I get in these places now. So that, that definitely taught me a lot. <laughs> But it was good. He ended up liking the music. You know, he
2: ended up liking the music. You, you, you mentioned that one time you ran out of gas. You got pulled over. You fell asleep. Well, yeah. I mean, in order, because I think the thing is now, uh, P, is that everybody sees where you are, but a yeah. lot, very few people got an opportunity to see the journey that helped yeah. get you to where you are. Because all they see is this; they never yeah. saw that.
0: Yeah, and I think I think that's what life is about. You know, people. Always think they know, but they really don't know, cause they right. see you where you are now. But I mean, I come from a poor place. I come from not having nothing. I mean, I could I could remember going to the store with my family and just thinking, wow, if I could get me some Oreo cookies, uh, you know, being hungry. And I think that people don't see that, but you know, for the ones that understand, I want to show them that you could come out of nothing but you got to keep working. You got to outwork everybody. Like, And that's what I did. I mean, consistency is what's going to get you to your dreams and your goals. I just kept going. It's like, I know I'm not where I need to be at, but let me keep working. Let me get better. Let, let, let me get to my destination. Man. And it's, it's even bigger than what I could even imagine. It's just by keep going.
2: The distribution deal uh, with Priority Records. And uh, yeah. I think you had Michael Jackson, attorney working with you. And I'm looking at this, it's like, you got an 8515 deal. deal. Yep. Now, if you have success, like you think you're gonna have success, I, they yeah. probably gave you that deal not thinking you were gonna be able to generate the kind of success. And they're yeah. like, oh, I ain't gonna be that 85 But lo and behold, you yeah. generate millions and millions, and hundreds of millions. And now yeah. they're like, oh, what have we done?
0: Yeah. Well, they, they thought that, you know, for one, I'm a kid from New Orleans. They thought, with this kid come off the streets, what's going to happen? He probably going to live six months. So this was going to be a great deal for them. right? And they didn't know that I, I came to change my life. I came to be better. I came to leave that life behind. And, and I was going to get out there and work and go market and do what I need to do to blow those records up. And that's what I did. I was everywhere. I'm jumping on planes. I'm jumping in vans, driving. You know, sometimes and I'm, I'm putting my own posters up. I was in New York. The guy was like, is that you? I said no, dog. You won't you think Master P gonna be out here? I'm putting posters up for this dude. We I'm from the South. We all look alike, so you know, <laughs> you know, you got to go hard. You got to go hard if you believe, you know, but nobody else believes.
2: And you know, New York has an ordinance no posted signs, so you got to be careful where you actually put your signs up at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you, let me ask you a question, Pete. Yeah, you go. So how did you know to 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 work this deal? So was was Because, obviously, he's Michael Jackson's attorney. He's been at this for quite a while. And he understands because Michael ended up having some problems with uh, uh, Sony Records. Uh, Prince had some issues. And some of the bigger entertainers had issues with their record company. So you go in. So you kind of had an idea where you wanted to go, how you wanted this thing to be uh, uh, percentage-wise?
0: Yeah, what I did was I went in humble and willing to learn. And so that's what... Any artist that's listening, to any entertainer, uh, actor, athlete, go in humble. Go in to learn, edu- get educated. This guy told me that Michael Jackson made the most money out of every artist in the world. And he had a 22% deal. And so I said to him, well, what's the deal bigger than Michael Jackson? He told me, he said, you'll get 85% in a rec company, get 15% as a distribution deal. But I don't think they'll do that with you but you're gonna need 200,000 of marketing money if you're gonna get that type of deal. So nobody goes into a record company willing to give up $200,000 to promote their product. And that's what I did. So once I knew that, that's why I started selling the CDs at the trunk of my car. When I made enough money, that's when I went at at the deal, knowing that I can handle the the marketing and promotion for this product. And plus I was gonna go hit the road myself. So once I was educated to that information, So it's all about information, educating yourself, having the right resources. And I think that's where business starts. It don't start on the success of the business. You got to have a plan and you got to have a plan of action. So a lot of people, they don't have that. So they just think, you know, some people think, oh, I'm going to get this record deal. I'm going to sell millions of records. The record company told me after I came up with 200,000, they told me they was going to be happy if I sold 10,000 units. We're going to be popping bottles. And I'm like ten thousand units. I already put a lot of money into this, so I'm already thinking I got to go work harder. So it's almost like an athlete. So that's where the basketball thing come in from for me. So I'm like, I need to go out work these guys. So I'm like, if if, if you got Ice Cube, uh, Jay Z, all these guys was on the label at the time. Easy, I'm like, if you got them, how many units they selling? And I'm I'm trying to watch and see where they at. They out in the clubs or, or they out in the marketplace or what they doing. I'm saying if they out one place, I need to be 10 places. If, if, if they product is not in these places, my product need to be there, but who going to put it up? I got to go put it up. I got to go, I got to put the work in. And so all the places they didn't want to go, I'm going like all these little small towns. I'm like, no, I got to hit these small towns, these small spots. And, and that's basically how I did it. Not being afraid to 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 outwork the next guy. It's, it's almost like sports. I got that from the whole you know playing basketball. That mentality. You got you outwork
2: the next man. I got. Man might this. be more talented than me, but it, I can yeah. I can do something about that working. I mean, look at the people I had on the label. You had Easy E. You had Ice Cube.
0: You had uh Jay Z. You had Skull Face and the Ghetto Boys. All these people was on Priority Records at that time.
2: Wow. So after you you start blowing up and you get bigger and bigger did you ever have a pro, a, a problem with priority' trying to break it's like oh hold on man we we might need to rework this deal nah I never had a problem with i never had a problem with, it. I a problem with it. like I had the best
0: deal think about it it's nobody had a deal like I had so uh I just had i, I just had to keep on moving until I kept growing and growing and growing and getting better and trying to figure out other things I want. And I wanted to get into the movie business. I started putting my own films up where they told me you can't do that. I wanted. One time I had 20 records on Billboard at one time. They said that I can't, the most records you can put out is two. I said, no, I own the company. I put out however, however many I want. And that's what I did. So we made history at the time because we did stuff that they didn't think could happen. And I think that, I mean, you got to think out the box. And that's, so that's how you control your destination is through ownership. And so by me owning 85% of the company, I could do whatever I
2: wanted to do. You mentioned, but also a lot of that has to do with radio airplay. How do you get DJs in these different markets to play your songs, your music?
0: So I I did what a lot of people should be doing right now, I, I brought DJs, jackets, I always brought the no limit jackets t-shirts i went into the marketplace appreciated them showing them that i appreciate them i showed up showed up at their events i made their events bigger and i think a lot of artists don't they don't want to do that they just hide behind a computer like i'm actually going out touching these people in their marketplace doing free parties for them and now they are playing my music everywhere every time they come into the club because nobody else is going to do that about it, the other big stars are not going to come to these marketplace places for the dj the dj is the most important role in the music business to me
2: let me you mentioned the 85 15 split that you got and there's something yeah. called a 360 deal can you explain that to the people at home the difference between the type of deal you got versus the conventional deal that all the other artists were doing at the time
0: yeah i mean if you got a deal like I made, then you control everything. A 360 deal, they eat off of everything you got and they control you. And that's probably the worst deal that you could have, which a lot of artists have it. And I know a lot of people don't want to work and do the put the hard work that I was able to put in. But, you know, you got to decide. Do you want a distribution deal? Or you want to own your company or you want to be a worker? A 360 deal, it, it makes you a worker. So you don't control nothing. And everything you do, they get a piece of it. And so that's why I try to educate our culture to that. And 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 guess what? A distribution deal is not for everybody. Like I said, being a boss is not for everybody. Because a lot of us come from the ghetto. You gotta work the...
2: though. The deal yeah. that
0: you got, you gotta work, you gotta hit, you, got yeah, to, you, you work. gotta work. You gotta hit the road. You gotta work. You gotta decide what you want to do. So you gotta look at it. Even if you look at it right now in the movie business, Will Smith and Denzel Washington make 20 mil a movie. And my thing is to them, I'm thinking, how come you don't make your own movies? But everybody, you know, they just starting to do that. But I'm just saying, when they were super hot, that you know, you know, you get cool at okay. Well, I'm good at making the 20 mil a movie, but you see what they done grew into. Imagine when they first started. And that's right. my thing. I was I was even trying to show Spike Lee that I'm like, man, you know, you older than me and you know the business. But imagine if instead of going to these people because you already have a fan base. For these urban movies, so if you just made the movies yourself, imagine how much bigger. I mean, Spike Lee should probably be like Disney or somebody, but the black right. version. of it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But we we don't we don't want to accept that it's gonna take a lot of work. It's not gonna be pampering like so. The difference with my career, I didn't get all the nice trailers. I didn't get the private jets and all that stuff. I'm working. I'm in and out of planes, regular planes, because I got to get there. I've got to keep the budget down, all this type of stuff, because this is my money I'm spending. Right. These guys are spending other people money, but it also makes you lazy, too, at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so you got to look at that. And like I said, being a boss is not for everybody, because you got to take care of everybody. It's a difference. There's a, a lot more responsibility, and I get it. Some people just want the pampering. It's like, but guess what? The pampering is going to stop when it don't work. So I was able to keep going because I don't have nobody saying we got to drop Pete from the label because he's not selling the records he used to sell. No, it's like I could grow, move on, get into something else and keep going. But if you look at it, this is like the entertainment world, they dropping people all the time. So when, when you're not good enough, it's like sports. That's why I say product I always tell. Sports, you was one of the best at it. But when, when you can't run and jump like you used to, you gone, they, they already look at five years. They're already you know, looking right? you the top dog. They looking for somebody else's. I and mean, we got to, this, this is what we're gonna bring in for Shannon. Like, but that if you knew that right. five years ago, you'd have been thinking a whole different way. Right. And so that's the part we got to educate this culture to. The ones that wanna listen, because they got some of them thinking, oh well, you know what, I'm gonna be bigger than Pete. It ain't about being bigger than me. Because think about it. At the end of the day, if you just got a record deal, or a 360 bill, you're never going to be bigger than me because the money you making is going to be controlled by them. And they're controlling where you go and what you do. That's
2: why they give you a big check up front. Now you got to be, don't be worried about being bigger than Pete. Be smarter than Pete. You got to understand. Yeah, and that's I what, understand.
0: what I want you to do. And all you got to do is stop and ask me for that information. I'm going to give it to you because I want you to be, I want you to not have to make the mistakes I made. But I can't do nothing if you just want to go on your own. is a lot of these artists? Man, Let me tell you something. So I was trying to show these guys, like right now, that if they did the right deals with the way social media and all this stuff is going, these guys would be bigger than me. But they got the wrong deal. So they're going, instead of putting the work in, the same work you putting in for the record company, imagine if somebody put that in for their own company, what it's going to be. Because you have the power, once you got a hit record, you can sell
2: anything. Right, right. How did you go about negotiating to getting your your, your music in like Walmart, Kmart, Circus City? How did you do with that? Because it, it, it's, it's not easy to deal with corporate America yeah. in the business that you're in selling what you're selling.
0: Yeah, well, you know what? You have to go in there on the diversity side first, but then showing them that your product is bigger than just black America. Like you have product for the world. Like I make music and product for human beings. So once I got in, I had to explain that to them. Like, uh, don't just put me in a box because I'm like any other businessman that comes in there. Like my product is for the world. My product is not just for African-Americans. My product is for everybody. And when I make my music and I make my product but it's owned by me so the imbalance is that You guys should want to add some diversity into Walmart, into Target, into all these other stores, the Kroger's. And and by doing that, you got to give us an opportunity. And I think that's the way we got to think. Like, we also have to educate those buyers because they just don't know. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I was able to do. I was able to educate them to show them my strategy and my plan. And then where we at right now in the world, I mean, I feel like we have to take advantage of these times right now to get product into these stores, to to add some balance and some diversity.
2: P, if you own your own company, so you got to set up these meetings, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I got to set the meetings up. I got to be on time. I got to do the Zoom calls. I got to show up. Uh, And when you own your company, I mean, that's what it's going to be. Now, if I just wanted to go work for somebody, I could just chill. But I don't get no time to chill because I want to build generational wealth.
2: Right. Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Tell the people the difference between negotiating with Suge Knight and (laughs) negotiating with Corporate America. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, to
0: be honest with you though, I think it was easier negotiating with Suge Knight than negotiating with Corporate America because he already knew what he wanted. In Corporate America, you got to sit around the table with 20 different people. That has their own idea on expectation, so uh, it was a challenge because at the time going in there, you know, I was able to, to show Suge that you know you're going to sell this artist anyway. And so what I learned from being from the streets, I'm like, you know what? I asked Suge like, how much are you getting for Snoop? He told me the number, and I said, okay, let me put an extra two hundred thousand on it. It made sense. It's like, okay, you're gonna you gonna do this anyway, but now nah, they gave you something extra with. It. And I think that was the difference. But you know, in corporate America, it's it's like it's a situation to where they sit in, you sit at these tables with all these different people, and they have a strategy. And if your strategy work with their strategy, then you get the deal. If you know, because a lot of us think we got our own strategy. My thing, my thing is if you wanna be successful in business, when you go and look to do a deal. Make sure your strategy is up to par with, with what the deal you're doing.
2: So you go in there, you get the deal with, with Snoop. And by yeah. this time, Snoop and, 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 and Suge have had a falling out. And, yeah. and Suge want to do a diss track. He want to do a diss album, like Elf Death Row, Elf Suge. Yeah. Guy. He like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, no, yeah. we can't. Nah, bro, we not finna do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Now, my whole thing was I, I, I told Snoop was you got to have some integrity. And, uh, you know, you can't keep fighting fire with fire unless you're you, you ready to burn. And, uh, you know, this guy had opened some doors for you. So you got to at least be thankful for that. Right. So, you know, us black men going against black men, like we have to change that narrative. And I was able to to show him that, show him that with love and saying, look, man, this the right way to do this. And, 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 and he agreed and look where his career now and look what he's able to do. And, you know, Snoop. I mean, we we end up being the best of friends because, you know, his mentality changed, you know, and, and his growth. And uh, he just kept growing and, and getting better. And, and you know, he was able to build an empire. And I think that's what this is about for me to being able to create more millionaires and hopefully billionaires and, and, and have people come true. I call no limit the university you come through here get the game and go do what you got to do and that's what snoop was able to do and i'm, I'm proud of him. I'm, I'm proud of the man he became and uh and and what and what he's doing Mostly, i'm proud of what he's doing in the community with the football league and, and uh, me and snoop just matter of fact we just did a basketball game so i brought all my kids down uh and we we had a we had a, a three-on-three high school the best high schoolers in the country and so that's what i love that Snoop Hart is in the right place. Like he want to give back, he want to do what's right. And a lot of us, we lost a lot of kids in the program. So, you know, uh, my 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 program been in Los Angeles for a while, and so people don't know I started out uh, me and Janelle. We created Urban Born, and one of our first students at Urban Born, people don't notice, was Nipsey Hussle, and and wow. we was all about getting gangs off the street. And uh, I used to tell Nipsey even like going to high school like look man you stop gangbanging I'm gonna give you a couple dollars so I I give him some money and he come back well I'm I'm trying coach they always call me coach P yeah coach you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hang out with those guys no more and and then we built a great relationship and uh that program I mean is still going to, to today and uh that's that's what I mostly love about Snoop and what we was able to do you know still being a part of the community and giving back and being able to reach kids like that you know in their youth and uh, be, being a part of their world man because we got so much talent in the hood but we it's get wasted by by the by the violence and, and the negativity so right. yeah I just think that you know more people like snoop and more entertainers doing that like we're gonna save a lot of kids.
2: Late nineties, you're on top of the world. Make them say, yeah. "Huh, I'm body, body, wobble, wobble." How you do that? There was yeah. there anything that you couldn't do?
0: I don't think I could have did anything. But you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm thankful and blessed that I've always remained humble. You know, because they always say money change, but also money just enhances who you really are. And so I'm just glad that that I was humble and I wasn't into just doing all kind of crazy stuff to where I just like, you know what? I want, I want a better life for my family. So I just kept working. So I, I, it's a blessing, man, to be able to have all those big records and everything, but that never was the end for me. That wasn't like, you know how some guys be like, yeah, you know, I do this. This is all I want. Nah. I, I was always like, we need to figure out something better, and I need to get better. I, I wanted to get better with my music. I wanted to get better in my thinking, uh, you know what I was rapping about, everything. Because when you're there on the front line, that's all you hear, that's all you see. But I also wanted to figure out how can I grow and one day I could be a part of corporate America because that's how I could really feed my my people. Like it's always been about trying to feed my people with education or just actually feeding my people where we don't have to go ask nobody for nothing. So. But I know I had to get better. I had to grow. Because most people, I look at a lot of my friends now. They're still the same. But I'm like, I can't mess with you because your mentality is still yeah, in the I project. Mean, your your mentality is still on the corner. That ain't me. Like, you can't get mad at me because I want more out of life. And you might say, oh, man, you changed. I did. Yeah. I got
2: better. I got better. What's wrong with getting better? We are, I mean, think about it. You have a baby. The baby yeah. goes through a progression. It grows. That baby doesn't yeah. stay a baby forever. <laughs> yeah. So you're supposed to change. You're supposed to grow. Yeah. Broke is natural.
0: Yeah. And people don't people don't realize like being broke is a mindset. Like yeah. even when I was poor, I never thought I was broke. I've right. always said like I got to do something. You know, I'm waiting on the lawsuit, my check in the mail. I'm thinking like that. Why everybody else thinking? Oh, I don't have nothing. I'm hurting. And they speak that negativity. Like, so even when you go back and see your... So I was telling... So this is the funniest thing happened to me, right? They had this kid in middle school with me. He was five six. He was like the biggest kid in our, in our class. Okay. So I pull up on Facebook. This kid say, yeah, y'all, you know, y'all looking up to Master P. But I beat him up in middle school. And, and some girls say... You, yes, it's like you beat him up in middle school, and, and 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 so, uh, you know how they on your Facebook they tell you how tall you is and whatever, right? So he five, he's still five six, Shannon. So <laughs> I go on now, I say, beat me up now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Come on, <please. laughs> I had to do it, Shannon, for real, <laughs> <laughs> man. I'm looking at. Your artist, you had Mystical, the 504 boys, Soldier Slam, Silver yeah. Shocker, C Murder, Romeo. You, 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 hey, I love all the guys, but Mystical, yeah. Mystical was, Mystical could have been, he was, yeah. Pete, what happened, Pete?
0: Yeah, you know, Mystical got caught up with Mystical. He's getting together now, man. I'm I'm proud of him and he getting a second chance. Oh, Mystical you're gonna, do, you're months, gonna
2: work months. together again?
0: Are you looking to work together? Oh yeah, we definitely going on tour together and we we doing stuff. I mean, Mystical, Mia X, uh Mac about to get out of being incarcerated. This there was another guy that was just he his career could have been so big. He probably was the most talented guy. Uh probably even more talented than Mystical, but he really? went to jail at like 19. Yeah, Mac. Like wow. this guy, this guy was talented and he just lost his lost his whole career. And that's what I'm saying. Like you gotta do the right thing and and stop being around the wrong people. You know, um and I feel like that's what that's what that's what that's what we're going at now, like being able to show this generation. Y'all don't have to make the mistakes we made. So right. now, man, mystical was, yeah, talented brothers. Mystical, Soldier, Slim, Mia X, Fiend, Silk C, Mac. I could go on and on, man. We 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 had some talent on that label, man.
2: We had it. it yeah. You lived every person's dream, not just black. Obviously, you're black, and, and that's the... Um, but you've lived a dream, a life of life Growing up in poverty, not having, and rising, and people yeah. get an opportunity to see. What advice would you give this generation? How can there be more masterpieces?
0: I could say, don't be afraid to work. Don't be afraid to where nobody... Don't believe in you, you have to believe in yourself. Uh, put your trust and faith in God and and have a dream and a goal and stick with it. Like it's not a race, it's a marathon. Like even when them curveballs come or the destination, you know, even though it looked like you're not getting there, if you're doing something every day consistently, you're gonna get to your dreams and your goals. and don't be afraid to fail. I'm just saying, don't be afraid to try to get better and don't be afraid to work. And 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 if I did it, I know you could do it. So
2: what financial check, advice because you've been very financially responsible. What financial advice would you give young America? Educate yourself. Don't work for
0: money. Don't pray for money. Pray for wisdom. When you work work because you love something it's your purpose and it's your passion.
2: Before we wrap up, I wanna ask you this, and you'll be the, you're the best person to ask this. I need your five top rappers that could play, that could hoop, and I need your five top hoopers that could rap. Hmm.
0: I'm gonna say J. Cole. Okay. Uh, 2 Chainz. Okay. Uh, Quavo. Okay. The Gang.
2: Okay. And Romeo. Damn, you left Chris, so you don't look at Chris Brown as a rapper? No. Okay, Chris, Chris Brown, the R&B singer. Can he hoop, though. No. Yeah, Chris Brown can hoop. I, I hoop with Chris Brown before. He can hoop. Okay, okay, okay. I believe okay, now give me the give me the hoopers that can be rappers. I want to know who the who is the top NBA hooper or the top, no, you know what? I'm gonna let you include football players too. I want to know who's number one because there were a lot of there's a lot of going on speculation that you know the guy up in, in Portland and there was a guy that yeah. played in Orlando and Miami Heat and the Lakers, there's a lot of guys that say they are the best. What? The guy in
0: Portland is is gotta be the best. D Lil gotta be the (laughs) he he gotta be the from what I see. I go with him. I go with Shaq. Okay. All right. Uh, I mean, who else in basketball that we
2: we we that so that's it? What 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 am I saying? Can can Le'Veon Bell rap? Who? Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bale. I mean, he's good. You can't, you can't knock that.
0: Uh, also, I got to go with, um, what his name is. He, he got some nice songs to, uh, he married to, um, uh, what her name is. The, uh, the singer. Oh, uh, jumper. Yeah. So that's four.
2: Yeah. And, um. Uh, I gotta go with, huh? How you gonna leave you off? You gotta be the, all of, you gotta be the godfather.
0: You know what? I did both. So it ain't, you gotta leave me out like, <laughs> you, you can't put me in there. Yeah, so you, so I, you gotta I, be the number one slide. You gotta be the number one in both of them. You know what? I'm a humble man. I'm, you know, keep me out of it. And then <laughs> I, I'll just, I'll let everybody, I'll let everybody have their fun. But then I gotta, I'm gonna go with, uh I'm gonna go with AI. Okay. So that's fine.
2: We, we're not counting me. We don't, we don't have to put me okay. in none of those mixes. How about, okay, I'll tell you what. I need Mount, Rush, Mount Rushmore rappers. Give me your Mount Rushmore rappers. You get four. That's it. Any error. So from JV to KRS-One to Too Short to Two whomever, Ice Cube, Tupac, Biggie, give me four. All right, two first. I'm going to give you Tupac and Biggie. Okay, okay, that's too old. We only got two left. Somebody get left out. Uh-oh. Guess what? You know, that's, that's life. That's how I go. i you two, and OK. Give me your four of my Rushmore hoopers. Michael Jordan. OK.
0: LeBron James. OK, OK. Magic Johnson. Magic.
2: and Larry Bird. Bad. See, everybody get mad at me because Larry Bird was my favorite player growing up. (laughs) I had all Larry
0: Bird, for a white boy back then, I'm just telling y'all, you could cut him up, scratch him, whatever. (laughs) You're not gonna stop it.
2: I'm just telling you, you're not gonna stop it. P, I wanna thank you for stopping by. Give me a few moments of your time. Congratulations on all your success. I want to give you your flowers while you can hear me praise you. Because a lot of times yeah. we give people flowers and they can't smell them. A lot of yeah. times we praise people and they can't hear it. So I want to give you flowers. I want to praise Master P for what he's done for his community, while he can hear it, while he can smell the flowers. I appreciate you, my brother. Salute. Thank you, man. Have a good one. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, Sacrifice. hustle, paid pay the price. Want a slice. Want a the roll dice, this one. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want to slice. Got the roll dice, this one. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket?